Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. It makes the Starseed Kitchen podcast possible. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more, just like I do with the Starseed Kitchen podcast. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And be sure to like this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast and subscribe. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. Hilda Labrada Gore is the host and producer of the popular Wise Traditions and Traditions Sabias podcast. A certified health coach and ancestral health advocate, she has traveled the world exploring traditional practices for optimal well being. Hilda shares the best of experts, experiences, and epic adventures on the podcasts, as well as on her Holistic Hilda YouTube channel and on the ancestral health tours and retreats that she leads. The Wise Traditions podcast is a project of the Weston A. Price Foundation and has over 6 million downloads to date. It is regularly featured in the top 200 of alternative health podcasts on Apple Podcasts. 
Hilda is also a podcast coach and the author of Podcasting Made Simple. She especially enjoys helping people in the health and wellness space launch and improve their shows. Hilda has energy to spare thanks to her love for sunshine and liverwurst. For more information about Holistic Hilda and ancestral wisdom, visit holistichilda.com. Well, hello, Hilda. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me on, Whitney. You're so kind. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to have you here today and learn more about your path of exploring ancestral wisdom and how you started your podcast, which is kind of my go-to podcast for health and wellness and wisdom. So that's what I'm really excited to learn today. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your background? Oh man, well, it begins before I was born, which always sounds really funny, (laughs) but literally my mom Um, she was exposed to the German measles and the doctors told her when she was pregnant with me that I was going to be born with a very serious birth defect. They didn't know if I would be blind or deaf or unable to speak, but they knew there'd be a problem. And they didn't notice anything at first when I was born. I looked like hale and hearty, just like a regular baby. But then after a few visits and checkups, they were like, wait, something's wrong with the heart. And they detected a heart murmur, Whitney, a hole between the lower two ventricles. And they were like, we don't know how long this baby's going to live if we don't do open heart surgery, they told my mom. So over the years, they began monitoring me. Mm-hmm. And they did open heart surgery when I was nine years old. Wow. And after they did that, I know it was a kind of a big deal because I was only nine. I was in the hospital room the night before by myself because my dad took my mom to the movies. It's a long story. He was trying to distract her. But so there I was not sure what the future held, very nervous. You know, they when they do the surgery, they break the sternum and they had to sew up the heart and the whole shebang. I don't know. It was very scary. But after it was done, I felt like I could do anything. And they told me basically I could. Before that, they were like, be careful. Don't overexert yourself. So I was nervous as a kid. I was like, oh my gosh. Then I was like, well, what am I going to do? I have this new lease on life. I thought, I want to live my best life. I want to be strong and healthy. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke. I made all these like little vows, which I've kept pretty much to this day. I was like, I'm not going to do these things because I want to honor this body. I thank God for saving my life. And then I want to help other people do the same. So that's how I got into all of this, really. Absolutely. That's really amazing. So at a young age, you were very passionate and interested in taking care of your vessel. How did that translate to you being curious about ancestral wisdom and how that could support you in your physical body? Well, at first I thought, okay, the way to be strong is to exercise. So I would be doing, you know, sit-ups and push-ups and I would join gyms. And my mom told me she was so worried. She's always afraid like the little thing that they had sewn up in my heart would just like burst open. (laughs) I know she was nervous. Little did she know that the more you work a muscle out, the stronger it gets, right? But she was nervous, but I... I knew that it was good and I felt good about it. But the funny thing is, I never thought about ancestral wisdom very much. I just thought you just work out. I I kind of bought the modern narrative that like, it's just burn off the calories, don't overeat, don't be a couch potato. It's all about movement. But a dear friend of mine became sick with chronic fatigue. Doctors had no answers for her whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So she started playing around with diet and she's the one that told me about the Weston Price Foundation. And they're the ones, of course, that, talk about ancestral wisdom and wise traditions all the time. And so she started telling me, Hilda, what you eat does matter. It's what you put into your body that gives you energy and fuel and all these things. And I was like, Pete, of course it makes sense now. I don't know why I didn't see it before, but I thought 
yes, what you put in matters. So I started eating more natural, real foods because she explained to me some of the wise traditions principles. And I just started with butter. Like Sally says, it's good to get your fat straight. So I started incorporating butter and real fats and real food. And it was so nourishing, Whitney. And it was so good that that kind of set me on a path to explore more about ancestral wisdom because I've come to learn it's not just about the food you eat that you can learn from our ancestors. You can also learn about how they spent their time in community and communing with nature and their spiritual practices. Like it's all a part of what really leads to holistic well-being. So how did you pick up the moniker then Holistic Hilda? As you were traveling through your health journey, how did you decide that it's a holistic approach that is what really is making you feel good and that's what you want to promote? I feel like it's a little bit like Harry Potter, like you don't choose the wand, the wand chooses you. (laughs) Because I didn't pick the name. I simply was, I had started the podcast, which I can get into that backstory in a minute. And a friend of mine, a fellow podcaster said to me, you know, you're holistic Hilda. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of silly or whatever. And then I started developing a website and I had this random name. I'm not even going to say it because it's so embarrassing. And my website guy was like, Hilda, to be honest with you, that sounds like a health maintenance organization. Like it was so bland. It it meant nothing. And I said, well, a friend of mine calls me holistic Hilda. And he was like, that's it. And I was like, okay. So I embraced that. And I'm so thankful because it's not just movement. Like I said, it's not just exercise. It's all the things. But basically, what got me going with a podcast is um, I love the Weston Price Foundation and they had a lot of written literature um, and I was always thinking you know I used to be a translator maybe I can help them edit their brochures so they're a little more kind of modern looking sometimes it's so ancestral you know it's practically on parchment paper <laughs> with you know bison blood or something I don't know um, but and I love this group so I'm just saying this all tongue-in-cheek but anyway they said um, we need some volunteers to go to Kenya to present these wise traditions principles to folks there because the Maasai warrior contacted them. He was like, you guys were all getting sick. This Maasai warrior from Moiti, this small village near Tanzania said, I have diabetes. My wife has asthma. Like he had seen the physical degeneration of him, his own family, himself and his community. So he had come across some of the brochures of the foundation. He's like, this is true. And he thought, I can tell my community, but they're not really going to listen to me. You know, familiarity, as they say, breeds contempt. But he thought if someone from far away comes, maybe they'll listen. So the foundation was looking for two volunteers. I was the first to raise my hand. So I got to go over there. It was such a privilege, by the way, to say, don't eat the American way, (laughs) eat your way. And here's why, you know, so I love that. But when I was over there, I met a man an elder in Dixon's tribe who was like a hundred years old. I'm not exaggerating. He was so old. He didn't even know how old he was, but he had wisdom, Whitney. And I was like, I need to talk to this man. So I grabbed my phone. I hit voice memo to record an interview with him. I didn't even have a podcast yet, but I was like, we must record this man's story. And through a translator, I asked him, what was your childhood like? And he said, we were never sick. You know, he said, and I said, well, what did you eat? He said, wild game, you know, maybe some honey and fruits, but mostly whatever we hunted and the milk and the meat and the blood. That was the Maasai diet. Anyway, to make a long story short, I found his story so captivating that when I got back to the foundation, I said, I think you all need a podcast to lift up voices like his and all the experts and authors and folks that, you know, in the health and wellness space, even farmers, like let's get their voices lifted up. And they said, okay. And I said, I'll host and produce it. 
And they said, okay, I'm not even sure they really knew what a podcast was, Um, but they were kind enough to say I could go for it. And I knew that their content was so good because I'd already seen their journal and all, like I said, so I knew their content was so good. I thought, even if it doesn't sound great at first, because I was a newbie podcaster, you know, even if we have bad music, which we did in the early episodes, you know, and even though it sounds like I was talking like this in a bathroom, it still was successful because it was helping get the word out about ancestral wisdom. And so that was the beginning of my exploring the world really, and the podcast to lift up ancestral wisdom. That's such a beautiful start. I had no idea that was the backstory. That's really amazing. It was, it was also amazing inside scoop for your listeners. I had never podcasted before, like ever. I think I had listened to Serial, you know, that really popular podcast that kind of got on everybody's map or radar for a while. And so I just knew, because I did have some background in communication, I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, it can't be that hard. So I bought a book and I bought a microphone and I got started. And of course, I've learned through bumps and bruises along the way, but now it's so fun because now, like you said, I'm a podcast coach. I've written a little guide. I want more people to do this sort of thing because people are really hurting out there, Whitney. And I know, you know, people, children have cancer and anxiety and depression. I was sitting on a park bench not too long ago talking to this teacher and she was like, yeah, like a lot of my students are on meds, you know, but sometimes I forget to take them and they're depressed and they see a counselor. And like she was saying, most of her students. And I said, what grade do you teach? She said second grade. And I was like, second grade. So something has to change. And I'm even thankful for these strange pandemic times, because I feel like it's helping people realize something's got to change. And the trajectory we're on is not good. And we have to stop outsourcing our health. And we need to maybe look to the past for ideas on how to live today, look to their health ways, their diets, because they have stood the test of time. And I'm one testament of it. I mean, other than the hole in my heart, I wasn't too bad off, but that's the thing. We kind of normalize strange things. I would be teaching my exercise class and I would feel my blood sugar dip and I get shaky and sweaty, not because I was working out so hard, but because, you know, my blood sugar wasn't at a good level because I was eating the standard American diet. I had had cereal for breakfast with low fat milk and a couple berries that wasn't going to sustain me. When I changed my diet to include more real food, eggs, you know, protein, obviously eggs have protein, but you know, bacon and fats. When I started changing my diet, I could sail till three o'clock in the afternoon without another snack or meal. So I, I know it helped me. And that's a small condition that I had, but I know that diet and some of these other ancestral ways can help us all reverse the trend of chronic illness in the next generation. Absolutely. And now's the time to turn the ship around. Like, I feel like we're very much on the peak of the mountain, like it's one way or the other. Um, and so it's time that more people just learn that it's, it's actually quite easy to improve your health and well-being. Um, that's going to sustain you um, for the very long term, as well as your family. Like it's a lot cheaper to eat well now than pay for it later. You're right. It's cheaper with your health. <laughs> In other words, you might spend more at the grocery store, or at the farmer's market, buying those foods I just mentioned, as opposed to the cereal, although cereal ounce per ounce is really expensive. But anyway, you know, you think, oh no, I'm spending so much money, but you're saving it at the doctor's. I haven't been to the doctor and I don't know how long, which is such a blessing. And my family as well, like they're hale and hearty, thanks to some of this ancestral wisdom that we've applied to our lives. Well, I have to go back to the information you were sharing about when you visited the Maasai. And I'm so curious 
Um, were there particular foods that the younger generation were um, kind of very uncomfortable eating that had been ancestral and traditional foods for their parents or the previous generations? It's very much like Dr. Price observed in his book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. Mm -hmm. He called them the displacing foods of modern commerce. When groups of people, indigenous people groups around the world started taking in the Western foods, they started leaving behind their traditions. That's exactly what was happening in this Maasai village, Oiti. So it's not so much that the kids were like, ooh, I don't want that, but they were starting to drink sodas. They would have chai tea in their diet, which is not a natural part of the Maasai diet. Mm -hmm. Literally one day in Dixon's home, I was talking to a woman with her beautiful Maasai clothing and her beaded earrings and necklaces. And so very traditional on the outside. And in one hand, she had a chai tea. And in the other hand, she had a white bread jam sandwich. And I was like, oh no, they had, they were leaving some of their traditions behind and taking in the Western culture. And I interviewed a young professional in Nairobi and she said, you know what? We just see it as very posh, very kind of hip to eat this way. So we will eat at these Western places like Pizza Inn or Chicken Inn. They had these different names over there. You know, she said, because it's the Western way, but then they're also taking on the Western health conditions that we have. Yeah. So that was what I saw with my own two eyes at a celebration in Dixon's community. They, this was the first year I went because I did return in 2015. They were celebrating with sodas. And I was like, oh, oh no. And as I was getting ready to leave, they decided as a community that they were going to return to their traditional foods. Wow. And when I went back a year later, they had left aside some of the Western foods I was so happy to see and had begun, even Dixon's wife had begun to cultivate more of their land, to have more fresh produce for her own family and to sell at market. And I was like, this is beautiful, yeah. not just because of that short term, but because what this meant and represented for the next generation. Yeah, and those were big changes that they had to make, you know, to take the time to cultivate your land. That requires a lot of time and energy and planning and thought. Um, and yes. that's a big shift to make. And to have made that, you know, within one year is pretty impressive. Yes, she had to quit her job. I mean, she had a job as a preschool teacher or something, and she quit it to do this, to dedicate to this. It was, it was beautiful. So you've traveled to visit multiple ancestral tribes over the years. Has there anything that you've seen um, from different groups that you knew were right to kind of bring back and incorporate into your life, considering whatever, you, you know, your family background or heritage? Mm -hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. It's almost like you can read all the books you want, but when you see it with your own two eyes, it becomes more real and it sinks into your heart more. That's why I was in Australia and one woman I spoke to saw this displacement of traditional foods with the displacing foods of modern commerce, as I said, among a, commun a community on Elko Island. It was a community of Aboriginal people and their health was deteriorating, much as again, Dr. Price documented in his book. And so she thought rather than me just saying, oh, you should go back to your ancestral ways, she started a series of experiential retreats where people could feel the difference in their bodies, mm -hmm. eating their traditional foods versus eating the modern foods at the shop. Um, so that's one thing I would say is I wanted to experience, and I did, of course, eating more traditional foods, how I felt compared to how I felt eating the standard American diet, yeah. but also in Australia. I met with this woman, Suzanne Thompson, 
I think she was from the Enengai tribe because again, there are many Aboriginal groups, mm -hmm. um, hundreds, I would say, all over Australia. And she told me, it was either her or Eve White, two different Aboriginal women I met. I met them at the same time, but one of them told me, our culture has a tradition called Didiri. And it is a practice of deep listening. And so you need to be still and you need to listen. And whether you're a person of a faith that you think God will speak to you in that moment, or a person who's just exploring what your deep conscience may have to bring to you, or as this Aboriginal woman said, where you think your ancestors may speak to you, if you're so busy doing all the time, you might not stop and hear what guidance there is for you. So Suzanne Thompson, as a matter of fact, decided to leave behind her initial career ideas of actually becoming a hairstylist. And now she is the custodian of the land that belonged to her ancestors outside of Barcaldin in Australia. And so because she stopped and she listened mm -hmm. to her dreams and she spent some time in this quiet place I'm talking about, she was able to hear the calling on her life. I mean, and what being a hairdresser is fine, but what a contrast of where she might have ended up to yeah. think that she's overseeing this land. Whitney, she took me on a tour of her land and she showed me caves with etchings from thousands of years ago. You know, the Aboriginal people are among the oldest living people on the earth. Their culture is so rich and ancient. And so I liked that idea of Didiri. And I am like you, like anyone in the modern world, kind of busy, but I take time every day to be still one way or another and to commune with nature so I can hear what God and my conscience and even my ancestors might have to say to me. And that's a very brave thing to do, to stop and sit and listen um, and hear what's true for you. It's sometimes really hard for people. And I wonder why, sometimes I wonder if that's why so many of us are so busy. Because if we stop, what might we feel or might we hear? Oh my gosh, that is so true. A good friend of mine recently said, you know, I think the reason I like watching Netflix so much is because I don't have to feel. It's just a kind of a modern drug of like numbing yourself out. So that's one thing from Australia that I really brought home. And then another was actually in Peru. I went into these mountains with my friend Katie Williamson, and we got to be a part of a school community there in a very remote part of Peru. And the children there were just so beautiful. They had these broad faces that Dr. Price describes. That's kind of our birthright if we are nourished well. Yes. And so these children looked beautiful. They had these ruddy cheeks. They still spoke Quechua, their native language. And, and I asked them, I said, how many of you eat organ meats? I asked them in Spanish. They spoke Spanish too. Three quarters of the class raised their hand. You know, and I, and I told them, I reminded them, I said, what you all have is a treasure. You live so close to the land still. And I was just encouraging them because they are taught, as many of us are, you know, go to the big city, get a career, go to school, like all these things, when maybe what they have is, is beautiful and sufficient. Uh, for a happy life. But be that as it may, after I spent time with them, I went down into Lima and um, in the capital of Peru, we spoke to some university students. The contrast, Whitney, was stark. These kids were, they had poor posture, they were pale, they 
seemed thin, unhealthy. And I thought, wow, it's not just the educational system that does it to you. It's where they're spending most of their time. Those children certainly were spending more time outside getting the sun. And those Peruvian, you know, Lima University students were in front of their computers all day long. And so I took home the lesson of more natural light. And Dr. Price even noted in his book that many of the indigenous peoples were half naked most of the time, unless they had to go to town for something. So I feel like, and of course, I've, I've learned more about this even since that time, but I understand that our bodies can also take in sunshine as a nutrient. So I'm convinced that getting outside is critical. So I do it every day. I get the morning sun. I try to spend as much time outside as possible, eating meals outside, no matter the weather, because it is so good for our circadian rhythm, our hormonal function, and even the mitochondria, the tiniest little engines in our cells. So I I found it fascinating that what I've observed and I've incorporated later, I can sometimes find the scientific backing for it. And I'm like, this ancestral wisdom, science still has to go a long way to catch up with it. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. Have you noticed any change in your health since you've started digging into ancestral wisdom and you first got connected with the Weston A. Price Foundation? Honestly, I was always a pretty energetic, healthy person, except for that near uh, problem with the, uh, you know, blood sugar drops that I would have. Um, But I have to say, I feel like... Everyone always thinks that they're younger than they are. Let me just put it that way. Everyone always feels like, oh, I feel I'm 35, but I feel like I'm 25. Or how could I be 65 when I really feel like I'm 45? You know, everyone thinks that in their head. But literally my body and my skin, I know that biochemically, I'm younger than my chronological years. And people are always shocked. I haven't done my big reveal of age yet, so I'm not going to say it. But I will tell you this, and I haven't said this anywhere else yet. I'm a grandmother. I'm a grandmother now. And so I just feel like my skin is like smooth and glowing. You know, my energy is is on fire. Like I sleep like a baby. And I've heard 40-year-olds on the radio recently. I heard some DJs and they're like, oh, ha, ha, ha. When it rains, our, our joints ache. And I was like, what are they talking about? And I'm not the exception. I think I'm the rule among people who live as our ancestors did. I'm taking in food that nourishes me from the inside out and it shows. I think it really shows too. Like you are a great example of just joy and vitality. And so I love that what you're so passionate about, you practice and then you share with others. 
And I think that's what we need more of because we all need to kind of pick up some things from the past to incorporate into our modern lives. But it's really hard to figure out what is true and you can incorporate that's really going to support you because there's a lot of information out there. We're living in the age of Aquarius, which <laughs> is, you know, the mass information age and discernment's hard for a lot of people, um, especially like what we've been talking about. If you're super busy all the time, and you don't take a minute to be quiet and figure out what's true or what's right for you to pick up and incorporate and what's not, um, it can just get so overwhelming that you just continue down the road with the standard American diet. And then just things start to compound and you get a little overwhelmed with maybe a lot of things that just aren't working anymore. Oh, you're so right. So we do, we need to stop and be still. And I didn't even mention this. You know who might speak to us? Our very bodies. Our very bodies are trying to tell us something. And so, yes, experiment, but don't take anybody's word for it. Don't even take my word for it or Whitney's. Like, I think it's really important to try things out and see how you feel and listen to your body. If there's a little ache somewhere, don't be like, oh, I better pop an ibuprofen. I mean, you can do that, but basically you're telling your body to be quiet when what you really need to do is listen, because if you listen, then you'll pay attention. Oh, okay. My ankle is bothering me. I wonder... What needs to change? Do I need to move more? Do I need to take in more bone broth to support that joint health? You know, there's, if we are constantly quieting the symptoms, they say the body will start screaming louder. And that's the last thing you want, I'm sure. So yeah, experiment, listen to your body and, and check out nothing can teach you better than what your body has to say to you directly. So check out for yourself what works. So what are some of the Weston A. Price Foundation principles that we should listen to and really consider in our life? Well, they are a nonprofit in every sense of the word. So I just want to say, pay attention to, to who's speaking to you and what might be, be behind their words. So because they have 11 principles, the Weston Price Foundation does. They are guidelines, basically, for living kind of a wise traditions or ancestral lifestyle. And they they don't have any ties to the meat industry or the dairy industry or or big pharma, God forbid. You know they they don't have any ties to any of these things. So it doesn't matter to us. Let me just say I'm a contractor for them, but it doesn't matter to us if you choose to follow one of these guidelines or none of these guidelines. That's on you. But the people that are pushing, I would say, beautifully packaged foods with just the right wording on it and and some foods that have like an addictive quality to them. They are trying to sell more products and or sometimes they're trying to um, uh, make you make money for the industry. Let me just put it that way. So I say it this way. If the food has a long shelf life, you'll often have a short life yourself. So you don't want a long shelf life. You want real food that might actually go bad because that means it's just the way it is. They didn't add a lot of artificial colorings and flavorings and preservatives, which makes it difficult to digest anyway. So wise traditions principle number one is to avoid denatured foods. And that's what I'm talking about. Foods where they kind of do different things to it in the lab to make it more palatable, or even as my friend Diana Rogers says, hyper palatable. So I, I love telling people this story because people sometimes think, oh, you know, I guess I'm just eating a lot of these chips because I have a weak willpower. I just buy those cookies and I eat the whole package. No, it's not you. They've designed it so that you're going to want one after another after another. They have chemists and labs putting ingredients in there so that you literally can't stop. So the best thing to do is to avoid anything that's super packaged with a long shelf life 
and go with the less processed, more real, whole food, uh, single ingredient foods. So what that means for me is like more meat and yeah, meat and potatoes, why not? And butter and stuff that doesn't have a lot of chemicals in it. That's step number one. And then they have like a whole list. I mean, I could go on and on, but I think it'd be good for folks to just dive in. But I think principle number three is also really important and it's about nutrient density. And that gets thrown around a lot. Like, oh, this is really a superfood, you know? Um, but the real nutrient dense foods that our ancestors ate were high in the fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. And these are mostly found in animal foods. So they were looking for the biggest bang for their buck. So yes, you can fill your stomach with Raymond noodles. Um, I, I recently was at a friend's house and she had like all these packages of Raymond noodles. And I'm like, God bless you. Like she doesn't know. And, but when you know better, you can do better, right? So the thing about those is they have a lot of MSG and artificial flavorings, and it's just a lot of starch that's been highly processed. Um, so what you want to do is eat foods that give you more for every bite. So those are going to be foods like if you're not a meat eater, that's okay. You know, eggs and dairy products and cheese, uh, fish, shellfish, um, you know, mix it up with the foods that come from animals because as Sally likes to put it, they're our biggest transformers. They get the sunlight on their skin, then we eat them, and they're better at converting the vitamins into something that works for our bodies and can be assimilated and making us strong. So I think you wanna just look for the biggest bang for your buck and nutrient density means mostly foods from animal products. And some of those nutrient dense foods are um, organ meats, is that right? Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. And I. I didn't mention it right off the bat because that can be off-putting. People are like, oh my gosh, no, you know. But I'm telling you, they're actually quite yummy <laughs> when prepared properly and you can mix them in. So here's one of my little secrets. I get food from a farm. By the way, farmmatch.com is a great site to find farms that drop off foods near you. It's almost like Tinder for farms. I feel like it. They, they totally connect you. They match you with a farm that sells the food you want. But anyway, I get food from a farm in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and they mix organ meats into their ground beef. So it's like a 85%, you know, just the muscle meat from the cow. And then the 15% is the organs mixed in. So I'm like automatically getting that little extra boost and I can hardly even taste it. I'll put it in hamburgers and enchiladas and all the things, you know, so you don't have to like radically change your diet. You can still enjoy pizza and all the things just make these subtle upgrades. So like with cheese, I get cheese from the farm. So I know it hasn't been injected or the cow hasn't been injected with RBGH, you know, growth hormones and whatnot. And so um, anyway, that's an easy way to get organ meats in when they're mixed in. But another thing to do is to try something like liverwurst. You mentioned that at the beginning that I love it. I so love it with some mustard and onions or on a salad. It's delicious or pate. And some of these things can be intimidating, but I'm pretty sure in the next month or so, I'm going to put on my YouTube channel, a easy how to pate recipe. Um, so yeah, check that out and, and look for you can just look anywhere, but even on the Western A Price Foundation website, they've got recipes for folks to get started. But really liver ounce per ounce offers so much bang for your buck. And I think a lot of people now, Whitney, are actually depressed because they don't have enough vitamin B in their diet. Yes. And that's really found in the organ meats in high percentages. That's really interesting because depression really seems to be something that's affecting everybody, especially children. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of teachers that are discussing the fact that they're having a hard time with kids paying attention in class or just wanting to be there, you know, and I think when you and I were in school, 
th that very much wasn't the majority. And that's very much the majority now. And you have to wonder if it's going back to their diet, just because so many people are just reaching for the easiest ways to feed a family because they're short on time. Yes. And I'm so glad you mentioned that about the children again, because it brings to mind for me how a pill is like a shortcut, you know? And so if you're giving your kid, let's say they're on ADD pills or um, anti-anxiety medication, which some kids are, um, it, it might, again, tamp down the symptoms for a while. But what if instead of them being sentenced to taking these pills for the rest of their life, sometimes people say, you know, the big healthcare machine simply wants patients for life. So what if you opted out of that scenario and started feeding your kids foods and taking them outside and doing things that could boost their health naturally and their, especially their mental health? I mean, what a gift for that child for the rest of their lives. And I do want to tell folks too, whether it's you or your kids, diagnosis is not your destiny. I knew a young man who was diagnosed with some mental health disorders and he threw it off. He's like, I'm not gonna live that way. He started fasting, he started making changes in his life, lifestyle changes, and he's not on meds. Whereas the, the industry wants to keep you on them and say, if you get off these, you're at some great risk. But the body and the mind are all of a piece, which is what we were talking about earlier, it's holistic. So there are lots of ways to um, manage and if not reverse mental health conditions through diet, sunshine, meditation, grounding, so many modalities. And I do want to say real quick that on the Wise Traditions podcast, I'm about to release a mental health track because yeah. this is a very serious issue facing all of us today. So, but yes, I, I love that idea of choosing food and making different choices over pills is really a wonderful gift for the next generation. Well, I know you look a lot to the past and ancestral wisdom to, to learn, um, but what are some of the other places that you look to keep learning so you can keep just upgrading your well-being? That's such a great question. And I am shocked by my own answer that I have not even given to you yet. <laughs> I'm like, why am I shocked? Because I'm thinking it. I haven't said it. This is what it is. I'm actually looking more inside. And it's such a beautiful gift to realize. I think we all have more wisdom than we ever realized. I think I used to think other people know more than me and probably a lot of people do, but they don't know me better than me, right? So that's the thing. You know you, we all know ourselves better than anyone else on the planet. So why not see what resonates? Like I've heard even Sally talk about grab a box of cereal off the shelf if you want to get cereal hold it near you. See how your body responds. Do like your own muscle testing. Why not? Like I, I just feel like we've been outsourcing maybe at first to the allopathic Western medicine culture world. And now we outsource to the, you know, naturopathic side. So it's kind of the same thing in a way, like, oh, instead of taking pills over there, I'm going to take some herbal supplements over here. They're both industries. Um, and God bless them. I know they're all doing the best they can, but what if we don't even have to look outside at all? What if we could just look inside? So that's what I'm doing more of. Actually, I'm paying attention. Do I feel like taking the supplement today? Why am I taking the supplement? You know, and so I'm really noticing how I feel, what I'm doing, making conscious choices for my health. And I, again, I used to just be like, let me just do whatever he's saying, but how is, and I love this friend, so I'll just throw him under the bus for 10 seconds. My friend, the primal hacker, Thaddeus Owen, how is his diet? And he's like, let's say 40 something going to work for me when I'm older than him and I'm much smaller than him. And like, it's like, we're two different people. Even if we ate the same exact thing and did the same exact modalities, 
I don't think we would both thrive in the same way. So I pay attention, especially with um, other new little hacks that I do. I'm big on cold plunges, you know, I'm big on exercising, intermittent fasting, all the things. But I also don't want to overhack. I don't need to be a Ben Greenfield, you know? I'm like, I don't need to inject stem cells into my body. <laughs> so I am really trying to pay attention to what works for me. And I encourage everybody watching that you should do the same. I mean, Whitney is one person that's great. I'm one person that's great. Maybe take some guidance and thoughts from us, but then incorporate them and really pay attention to what you need because you know yourself best. Well, one thing I love when I listen to your podcast, the Weston A. Price Foundation podcast, is that you ask your guests to leave with the listeners just one little tip, one little piece of advice that they could consider adding into their life just to improve their well-being. And I was wondering if you could do the same with us today. Yeah, it's something I'm still on a journey with Whitney. It's something that I don't think I've, I've really shared much for folks to do if I could have them do just one thing. Um, and I guess I'm a little hesitant. I'm acting hesitant because I'm not the queen of it yet. But as they say, you know, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. <laughs> so I'm just starting with this, but it's actually intentional breath work, breathing. What I've noticed is when I get busy with the podcast or I'm online or whatever, I have this thing, they call it email apnea, where I notice I'm breathing kind of shallowly. Again, I'm paying attention to my body, but I'm like, why am I acting so stressed in my body? Why am I feeling stressed right now? Life is good, but it's, it's this thing that happens that you start breathing more shallowly and it can happen anytime when you're driving down the street and you're remembering something and you notice your breathing. So I would suggest doing some deep breathing and maybe even box breathing. Maybe you're familiar with it, what that is. I've done some of that. I'm, again, I'm not the queen of it. In other words, I haven't mastered breath work for being in a Zen place when things are hard, but I do find that if I breathe in for four counts, hold for six, exhale for eight and hold for 10, it's not really an exact box. It's more of a rectangular trapezoid. But the idea is if you do that, it really relaxes you from that fight or flight mode and puts you into that parasympathetic mode that is just so much better for your health. So I think stress is more dangerous than we may have ever realized for our health. And dis-ease, disease is kind of the same thing. So I would really recommend that people breathe throughout the day, notice your own breathing, work on incorporating a little bit of breath work. We can work on that together um, for improved health. That's what I would say. That's beautiful advice. It kind of ties in perfectly with going inward and taking more time to just listen to your inner voice. Well, thank you. We're all on this journey together. And I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for what your podcast is doing and the way you're diving in enthusiastically. It's exciting. Thank you. Well, where can people connect with you, learn more about you, continue to listen and learn and grow with you? So I'm the host and producer, as you said, of the Wise Traditions podcast. They can find me wherever they get their podcasts on that. And then I'm on Instagram a lot, Holistic Hilda and holistichilda.com. I have a free PDF. Um, three ways to boost your health anytime that has nothing to do with diet. So if you're like, oh my gosh, diet, I can't go there yet. There are other things you can do. So I mentioned three easy ways to do that. So those are my main places where I hang out. And then your YouTube channel as well, right? Holistic Hilda. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. I almost forgot. Yeah. I'm actually working on a movie about my experience in Ecuador last year. Okay. So I'm working on just a little short film with highlights of some of the ancestral wisdom I learned there. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I listened to that episode of your podcast and it was great. 
Oh, thank you. I was just sharing a few little thoughts. It's funny because when I went to edit it, I was like, okay, Hilda, stop saying beautiful all the time. Because I was like, it was beautiful, it was beautiful, it was beautiful. But it really was beautiful and amazing. And what I hope someday, Whitney, too, is, as you said, to lead more ancestral wisdom tours. Right now, the world is still in a funny place. But down the line, I'd like to take people with me so they can experience for themselves some of the beautiful traditions and cultures around the world. Absolutely. And that's what um, really got me interested in ancestral wisdom. Because as a chef, I really wanted to see and experience what these people are eating and how they're preparing it and how they're touching it and, and transferring energy with the land and with the food. I find it fascinating. Um, and I love seeing the trends around the world, even though none of these cultures spoke to each other, they're all eating in similar ways. And I find that fascinating. It really is. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so grateful and I look forward to staying connected to you just by listening to all the wisdom that you're sharing online and in all different places. And hopefully we'll be able to connect in person one of these days. I would love it. I'm having an event in May at Polyface. If you can come out to Virginia, I would love to see you there. And I'm going to Mexico in late May for a conference. So maybe you can come to that. All right. One of these days, I'll get out to one of the farms you're at for sure. Okay. That'd be awesome. Thanks again, Whitney. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.